A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast talks about rediscovering hope, happiness, and the things that can happen in life that can take away your essence. Latanya and her guests focus on the traumas that may have made you a victim and discuss measures that can be implemented to turn your negative into victory. Topics are discussed that are hard to hear but necessary for growth, vitality, and newness in life after a trauma. Latanya has a bachelor's degree in human services with a minor in psychology. She has been the founder and president of a local nonprofit for women for almost 20 years. She is an ordained minister, a published author of several books, and she has a love for helping people. Latanya's mission is to help women understand that trauma does not define who they are, just like it did not define who she was. Helping women be healed and restored from their past trauma, sharing the stories of women that have overcame their various trials, and bringing awareness of various issues that encompass women is a standard that the podcast has embraced for the past three years. Welcome to the A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast with Latanya Y. Hendry. Welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. This is LaTanya Hendry. First and foremost, I just want to say that last week's podcast blew the numbers out of the water. I knew that was going to be an interesting episode that was probably going to push the boundaries a bit. Talking about those frenemies when they smile in your face. Oh my God. We had... Let me check the numbers real quick. 4,653 listeners. That at one time, really, really, um, I was like, wow, wow. The emails were really, I still have not read all the emails from last week. I did get some messages on my um, Facebook about sending me a voice message and i've checked that thing and i don't have any voice messages on there so i don't know if it's a glitch in the app or what actually happened but there are no voice messages on there so i'm still you know encouraging the emails i just was overwhelmed with what people were sharing about situations they have been in when they have been fought by their friends, set up by their friends, robbed by their friends, any kind of situation that you could think of, I got those emails and and still reading them. So I have not caught up on an email. And I did, one of my family members had asked me why I didn't, you know, want help with, you know, reading those emails. And I I don't because a lot of those emails are intimate and they know that I'm the one that reading, that's reading them. And I don't know if they would want somebody else to read those, except the few that say, you know, they don't mind it being shared. But the majority of the email, I would say 80% is those that want to keep it confidential. They just want to reply. They just want to get it out, whatever it is they're needing to get out. But I don't particularly want help with reading those emails because I think the intimacy of it and the, the, the information that's being shared 
I don't want to break that confidence. So nobody else is reading those emails. It's me. I think another day or two, I'll be caught up. And I think I, I door dash. So I think that's eating up my time somewhat. Whereas before, I, you know, I could just read a bulk at one time. and But now um, my days are kind of, and then my business gets a little busier around the holidays so um but i am not making excuses y'all i am going to read those emails i am going to get to them and i'm going to um respond to those that me i've already been responding as i've been reading but just how it just a flood of people sharing how they have been betrayed by that person that smiled in their face it was like I think all of us have a story, if we think about it, of that person that we thought were our friend, but we found out they were far from the friend. So I appreciate you all reaching out, sharing your experiences, and I might just do an email episode just from those emails from, um, well, still reading, but they were from last week. That might be my final episode for this year, so I'm still weighing out my options, but I just wanted to tell you all, I love you, my listeners. I thank you for listening. I really do. Um, it's just, it's humbling to know that this little girl that was raised in Estill, South Carolina, that's right here in Savannah, Georgia, God is using me and my voice to make an impact and to make a difference. So um, I'm just, I'm not proud. But I am humbled by what God is doing. And I just thank each of you because without listeners, your podcast doesn't mean anything. So I thank you all for listening and sharing and taking the time to send an email, taking the time to share the podcast, taking the time to voice your opinions and wanting to be heard yourself. So I applaud you, I say, to keep sharing your stories and to keep letting people know that your soul is restored so thank you thank you thank you again now for this week i had an experience yesterday and i'm going to get into that experience when i get into the body of the podcast after this break but it made me realize something about myself that i didn't know or i didn't want to know But I'm going to get into when we come back, and we're about to take that break. So go ahead and grab whatever you're going to grab to relax, or even if you just get a blanket and fold up in your recliner and just listen to the podcast, that is fine. But you're going to want to listen this week because it's probably not a headliner like last week, but most of us are in a situation where we have children by people that we're not with. And sometimes those relationships are not the best. So go ahead and get comfortable. Do what you need to do. I'm going to do what I need to do with these two quick breaks. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the mess from the ex. The mess from the ex. So go ahead and do what you got to do. I'm going to take care of my end. And I'll see you when we come back. (laughs) 
Hi, this is LaTanya Hendry with Body Beautiful. Are you ready for the holidays? Do you have that gift that's going to blow your family member or loved one out of the water? What are you waiting for? Body Beautiful has all your natural product needs as well as skin, hair care, and anything you need in the natural care genre. We have baskets, gift sets for the holidays or anything you may be looking for and i can put a custom order together in little to no time without breaking your budget so reach out today my number is 912-550-4628 that's 912-550-4628 it's a great day for your body to be beautiful reach out to body beautiful today to all your custom holiday needs Hello and welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about the mess with the ex. Um, on yesterday I experienced, well I had an, not really a, a verbal encounter, but a visual encounter with my oldest son, which is my second child, my middle child, his father. I took my youngest son up to his place of business to take a doctor's excuse inside his job. And when he was going in, I saw my older son's father coming out. And I won't tell you a word of lie. It was a rage that stirred up in me. And when it comes to this man, there's always a rage that stirs in me. I don't see him that often, but when I do, it's a reminder of someone that never really played child support consistently but more than the child support he never spent any time with our son and I'm using that term very loosely because my husband adopted my oldest son when we got married because my sons are 13 months apart my younger son is by my husband but um getting into an in-depth story but but long story short, my husband adopted my oldest son, and that's basically the father that he knows. My husband never treated my son, the two boys, any differently. He treated my oldest son like he was his son, and that's why through the storms, I was able to stay with him and be with him. And no cheating or none of that, but just as a marriage progresses, things happen. Sometimes you have to find your way back to one another. And it was times we could have been lost and, and I could have been a divorcee doing another type of a woman's soul restored. But I've always remembered how he did, even before we got married, before he adopted my son, when he would come get his son, he would get my oldest son as well. So it, it wasn't a separation and when we got married he solidified that by adopting my son but when I saw my oldest son's father dad daddy sperm donor <laughs> yesterday those feelings and and that's something that I know I have not been healed from yet the mess of the ex because I, I just I, and at one point when I was younger I would jump on him wherever I was seeing him at I would, I would try to fight him 
because um, he would take care of other people's children and not take care of his own. He has around seven or eight children, um, and he was like my dad was. He did not make sure that his children know one another. So I told my son, you know, he knows his father's sperm donor's name, and I'm being loosely with you all. I don't talk to my son like that about his dad because I never wanted to put any kind of um, negativity in his mind about his father. What was formed was formed there because of his father promising to come pick him up and, and didn't many a times when he was younger. So it got to the point where I stopped telling him his dad was coming to get him because he never came and got him. And to this day, he's 30 years old and to this day he's never had that kind of relationship with his dad. I don't know if his dad would know him if he saw him. Um... But getting back to how those feelings and emotions of having an ex that you have children by and them not doing their part. And some men probably feel the same way, too, because we have men that have custody uh, or the custodial parents of their children. And the mother is not doing what they're supposed to do and not going to see the child and not paying support or what have you. And so, guys, you all are lumped in this today if you fit in this category. But I'm going to be saying women, but it's for the brothers, too. Because some men have really stood up to the plate and have been fathers and and filled that gap of father and mother for their children. But the percentages are, are widely more of women that have been running the gamut of being mother and father, trying to run a household, trying to work, trying to take care of the children, trying to go to PTA, trying to go to extracurricular activities, trying to help with homework when they got to get up for another shift or getting off from a shift, still got to cook dinner and all of this. The, the percentages are leaning more towards women in that arena. Actually, 65% of single parent households are blended family households where the child is with the custodial parent who is the mother where that mother has to be the one that bears the brunt of the load where the father most of the time is off populating or doing whatever he's doing so i want to talk about that the percentages of women that are with their children's father and it's 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 above 50 percent but it's not an overwhelming number it's actually 62 percent of women that's with their that's not with their children's father they're either single parents or they're in a blended um, relationship with someone that's not the child's father so I wanted to talk about those feelings that that can give you, especially if that father has not done anything for that child or if that father gives you a hard time about that child. If you have to pull prod and, and beg for your child to get attention or for your children from that person to get attention or just the 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 merit of things that we go through for our children if we're not with their fathers um and most of you all know that follow me i have three children by three different men but the experience with my 
oldest son's father was one that was just beyond me that a man could father a child that when we were together he said he wanted because at that time he only had a daughter that was older than my son my son is the second out of seven six or seven but he swore up and down he wanted this child this would be his son because he had a daughter and oh he was counting down the days and it was just it, it was just horrible how that situation played out um to the point where he acted he didn't have I didn't know he didn't have a job I had to go on maternity leave and but I'm being on maternity leave not really being aware of what's going on because most of my pregnancies were um risky I wouldn't say high risk the, uh, my my youngest son was high risk because I had them so close together but my oldest son um it, it was more of a normal pregnancy, but stressful because I, I was trying to raise my daughter in this relationship with my oldest oldest son's father, who I saw signs that things was things were kind of off, but I kind of dismissed it because I loved them. And how many of us do that? You know, we we hindsight is twenty twenty, but when we're in the midst of in relationships with these guys and. And, and we get the red flags, but we don't pay attention to them. It's like, okay, but I love him, so we, we, I'm going to look past that because I can fix it. Most of the times, we can't fix it. We can't fix what is broken because most of the times, some of the times, we're broken. And we're trying to figure stuff out for ourselves. So, and about us and about if we have other children, we're trying to get that together. And if we're working and, and trying to just live day to day, we're trying to get that together. And then we throw in a, a child with someone that now we're not connected to anymore, but that person separates from you and the child. It should not be like that. You don't have to be together to co-parent, and I, I give kudos to my youngest son, who him and his son's mother, they co-parent together. They do a great job with my grandson, who is four, just turned four on the 30th of last month, but he spends a lot of time here with us, but he... um. He, he he has he knows mommy and daddy and, and it's just to see them be able to work through some things and be able to work together for the better of my grandson is, is great to see without me intervening I didn't have to say anything um, they did it on their own they're not young young I'm glad they had children when they were older my son was 25 when he had um, my grandson and she was 24 so they they weren't young young they weren't teenagers or anything but it, as being first time new parents it was some things they had to work out so i'm glad they took the time and and did the work to be able to come together and co-parent but that's not the atypical relationship between a mother and a father with children that's that's not together um the statistics kind of don't shake between because I, I did 10 years and within the 10 years the numbers kind of stayed within between that 58 to 62 percent of you know mothers that are not with their fathers or with um a blended family you know the 
two families coming together with a mother with her children and a father with his children. Um, but I want to focus more on the stress that that causes because most of the high blood pressure that I had, I was diagnosed in my, I think I was 26 when I had my youngest son. I was 26 years old. And I was so stressed during that time. I was a mess and I was stressed. And most of it wasn't because of an ex. I was just stressed with life and stressed with trying to provide for my children. And I, I was pregnant after my oldest son was four months old. I was pregnant. So I was going through a lot during that time. And, and I had experienced preeclampsia which is, you know, when your blood pressure elevates when you're pregnant. I experienced that with my um, oldest son as well. But with my youngest son, it, 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 I had to get on bed rest towards the end because it really got bad. And after I had him, it, it was just, I was diagnosed with hypertension that I did not take seriously. And, and I'm suffering the ramifications of that now. But as far as relationships go, I wasn't in a steady relationship back then. I wanted to. I had these children. I I longed for someone that could love me and love my children. And that's how I ended up in the abusive marriage because I was looking for someone that loved me and my children. And I thought I found that, but it was not so. But that's, I've, I've told that story a lot. So that's not about that today. Today we're talking about when the ex the mess of the ex, the, the messiness of it, when we can't come together for the betterment of the child, when we there's so much animosity towards each other until it's like infectious, where, like I said, when I saw him yesterday, I, 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 I didn't say anything to him, and he can't really look me in the eye because he know, you know, every time I see him, I guess I don't see him that often, but when I do see him, he looks every place else except at me he cannot look at me because he did me dirty because I started the story of when I was pregnant and I went had to go on maternity leave and my assumption was he was working because he told me he was but the reality was he was not working he was not working he was leaving out every day like he was going to work and where he actually was going was to his mother's house and he would stay there all day until, I guess, close to 5 o'clock, and then he would come home. Well, some notices started accumulating. Well, I found where he was hiding them at, so to speak, because the light bills and, and things that should have been being paid was not being paid. And I found, I was cleaning up one day because it was hard for me to even move around when I was pregnant. Um because I it, it was I had I had gotten really really big with both of my pregnancies, but with my last pregnancy I really got big. But when I was pregnant with my oldest son, it my my legs were swollen. I just was sick a lot, and I I was up cleaning and trying to straighten up the house because I figured you know this man I've been working all day. I know he want to come home to a meal, and I'm home, so the least I could do is cook, straighten up the house. So I'm trying to clean up and ran across a stack of mail and I'm not the type to just throw stuff away I look at it to see if it's something and I still do that I look at it to see if it's something that I need to keep or throw away and I'm looking at the the light bill and I'm looking at the, wait a minute this is and looking at all these different bills that have not been being paid so 
and th and this was like maybe 11 or 12 o'clock not quite noon that day so i called a friend of mine because he had the car that we would have because he was the one that had to supposedly going to work and um i didn't want to be having to get up take him to work come back home and then fight five o'clock traffic to go get him and and bring him back home so you know i wasn't going anywhere so i just said you know you take the car and you know i don't have anything to do during the day i'm fine here so i called a friend of mine asking her if um because we had a company called bird cookie company that supposedly he was working at so I, I i was gonna trap him i wanted to know what was going on with these notices so we went up there she came and got me and i'm crying because i'm already emotional because i'm pregnant but under normal circumstances because it, the, the landlord had done filed something against the house that we were in and everything so it was a mess so she it took about maybe 15 minutes to get there but when i got there and we got to the receptionist desk and i'm asking her you know I need to speak to employee, we'll call him X, <laughs> employee X. She said that employee X was no longer employed there for the past um, 90 days. He had not been employed there. So now I'm really upset and I'm really in a tither because where are you going every day? <laughs> where are you going? And this is almost like one of those... Um, lifetime movie specials when you think about it but i'm trying to rationalize okay you leave the house every morning you take a lunch because you the only thing that's there is cookies and you you don't want to eat out the vending machine so you take lunch every day where are you going so i asked my friend you know because i knew where his mother stayed at even though i had never formally met his mother i knew where she lived at so it took us about another 10 to 12 minutes to get to his mother's house sure enough the car is parked not in front of the house but in the back a little bit but the tail end was sticking out so now i'm like what in the world is going on so i got out knocked on the door stomach's way out there i mean i'm any day now i'm about to have this little boy and i knocked on the door and she you know looked at me she asked could she help me and i told her who i was and i told her i was looking for x <laughs> mr x so she told me to come in and she started telling me that mr x was basically a sorry man and that she felt sorry for me because i was pregnant and not knowing the situation she said she didn't know he was supposed to be going to work every day or he wouldn't have been sitting up in her house so who comes from out the back besides you know it, it's uh, mr x and her story did not change she stuck to what she was saying about how she did not raise him to be the man that he was and as much as he told me he took care of his daughter he went and got his daughter and all this his mother said that he did nothing for his daughter and when she was talking i looked at him and I, my friend came in with me i looked at her we we're looking at one another and looking looking at him all he could do was hold his head down he couldn't even say anything so when somebody does something like that you can't come to me later and say that person is lying on you because the time to say that they're lying is then when they're talking but since he didn't say anything the assumption would be that she was telling the truth about you that you are sorry 
a sorry excuse for a man. And through the years, I found that, unfortunately, to be true. So that day after that was over, my friend took me back home and I prepared myself because I had no income coming in at the time. I had my daughter um, and and it, it just unfolded into a mess because we and I ended up having, I couldn't catch the rent up. So I had to leave that place of residence, but it didn't take me long to find God bless me. And I didn't know it was God at the time, you know, but like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. God bless me to find another place to live for me and my daughter. Um, but it, it it was just one of those things where the sorriness never left. And each time I, would, I put him on child support, and each time we would have to go to court, you know, the list of names of children kept growing. And... I, it, it got to a point where you know a couple of times he was in there because they would arrest him and and what have you for back payment or whatever, and just to see him, you know, with that smirk on his face like something was funny. Um, through the years, it ended up almost tainting me a little bit. Like, how dare you? And even though it was two of us, it takes two people to make a baby, but. I, I, it became a hatred for this man that I once loved, that I thought loved me, that wanted to have a child, and when I got pregnant was extremely happy and overjoyed and just wanted this, this son so bad. And to see that we would have to end up in court just for me to get some kind of help and support from you. It became... That was part of my bitterness that I had when I was younger um, because I couldn't understand what went wrong. Was I deceived that bad to where I didn't see that this man was no good? Um, I became, at one time, I, I connected with one of the other children's mothers. She had two by him. And the disdain that she felt for him because she said I fell for it twice. You know, I met her in court, and for a while there, we kept up with one another, but because of life and what have you, I kind of lost track of her, but just those feelings of being, I don't know, almost like stupid, like you can't, I, I couldn't see it, because after the fact, you you, you think, you, you know, I should have seen some things, I should have paid attention, but when you're in that moment, when you're going through the, oh, I'm giddy in love, and this person is, oh, he's my everything, and oh, he just makes me so happy. When you're going through that, even if something rears its face, you don't really pay any attention to it because you figure you're in love, and that's just, you know, you might, I might be nitpicking. It might be me. That's not him. He wouldn't do that to me. Oh, yes, he would. Yes, he would. And for you, my, my brothers that's out there that's listening, my men, because I have um, 40% listener base, that's men. It's a 40, either 39 or 49%. I know the majority is women. But um, I do have a fan base that's men. So for you guys today that's going through that with women that don't do for their children that you're raising, I know there's a pain that comes with that because we're, we were in the same boat. Um, 
I did start finally getting child support. He was almost $200,000 in arrears when my son turned 18. Um, and it was this little card that they gave me that, you know, the support was supposed to come on. And, and it would be $4, $3. And it got to the point where I would laugh because I like my son eats more than this. I take my son to the food court or whatever. He eats $15, worth of food. So this did nothing. And then it was sporadic. So he's still like maybe 125000 in arrears. Why he's out walking around, I don't know. You know, my son is a self-sufficient, very humble young man. He has a job he's been on for a while, works hard. So I'm glad he took his features for my side of the family that's hardworking and and just not like his dad now he favors him a little bit he looks a lot like my people but some of his features are like his father's but it, he don't even ask about his dad now because he reckon he'll come and sit and talk to my husband he'll have a conversation they'll talk about stuff if um, they want to switch vehicles or something, they, they'll do that. They have a very good relationship to be step-parent or what have you. Now, he doesn't call him dad, and my husband is fine with that. He calls him James, but the respect is there as a dad. The respect is there. You know, he asks James, my husband, his opinion on things, and he doesn't ask about this sperm donor. He doesn't ask about the person that... The, one of the reasons why he was on this earth he procreated with me and made him he stopped asking when he was maybe 11 or 12 years old the last time he got stood up he stopped asking and I stopped trying to force the relationship because if something's forced it's not real so how does that if you're experiencing this if you're a person that is going on the other end if you're raising your child or children and doing the best you can but that ex that just won't do right that ex that causes you stress that ex that has you in a mess in a pickle how do you deal with that well i'm going to tell you through the years how i dealt with it me and my husband talked about it and at first, I didn't know how to approach it because he always did for my son. But it's different when you have to put that expectation there that, you know, his father's just not going to do. And I need I need you. I need us to make sure he's OK. When we had to have that talk, it wasn't even really a talk that was necessary because he said, I don't even know why you're bringing that to me. That's my son. You know, he's always been my son. I have two children by you that I take care of, and that's not going to change. So that was the conversation. I hugged him, and I told him I loved him, and I thanked him because that conversation could have went any direction because some men don't want that responsibility of taking care of another man's child. They will be with you, but if you have someone else's child, they want that person to take care of that child. But if it comes to a point where they have to take care of that child, it, it, you might see, get a different response from them. So I was, you know, like I said, through the years, me and my husband have had bumps. But the relationship he has with my son, that's not his. 
has never been affected by that, has never been tainted by anything we had to go through. They genuinely love one another because I think my son realizes that my husband loved him. So seeing him yesterday brought back those memories of being in the house where stuff was about to get cut off and we were about to get put out and just hiding the notices and running to mama to stay with her and her not knowing you're not working and not even knowing you got somebody pregnant and you making all these other children that you on child support for and not taking care of and just I thank God that I had the type of husband that I have that did not one time blink when my oldest son needed something that maybe at that time my younger son didn't have a need but he still spun for either or both and it wasn't you know something that was brought up later or something that caused contention in the house the children were the children and he took care of them and I'm thankful for that even with my daughter if she had a need you know even after she got older if she had a need he was there to if I didn't have it you know most of the times I didn't go to him with it because once they're adults they're adults but if I didn't have it and I know the need was pressing I'll go to him and ask him and he's like sure you get it out the bank so I didn't have and even before me and him got back to got back together because like I said that's my youngest son father but when my youngest son was smaller we were not together but he was he paid child support but he would still come he got both boys. It wasn't a separation between, you know, I'm just coming to get mine. And sometimes it's like that. You know, you go through those types of emotions where those guys just, I, I, in which they're not obligated to take children that are not theirs. You know, I'm not going to say that they should because right is right. I mean, if, if, if they're not with you, now if they're with you, yeah, they we're family. All the children go if one go. But if you're not together and they only have one or two children by you and you got five, no, there should be no obligation for them to take five children when they only have two by you. And you can't take five and only spend for two and not spend on the other three. So sometimes we put ourselves in situations where we expect a lot and not look at things realistically as far as you know, what we missed during the course of the relationship, what we bypassed, the things we overlooked, the things we said, you know, were obsolete, you know, that doesn't matter, it'll straighten itself up, and it actually didn't, and I'm saying we because I was definitely, definitely guilty of that, I overlooked a lot when it came to my older son's father, thinking that love was just going to fix it, that it was going to just with la 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 and I was going to have the baby and we were going to live happily ever after and it, it was far from that, far from that. Um, so I realized yesterday that I had not been healed from that emotion of wanting to hurt him, <laughs> putting it lightly because this is a faith-based podcast and but I'm a woman and I have real feelings and I have real emotions and this man stirs up an emotion in me that's violent and I'm I'm asking God and yesterday was the first time I did that to ask God to take that from me because like I said I don't see him that often but when I do see him it just I, I immediately get angry 
because you can't even face me. You can't even look me in my face because you know you, you're dirty. You're dirty. Um, you're messy yourself. And you got these children and, and that are adults. Now, I think some of them are still, you know, under 18, but most of them are adults. And you didn't even have the courtesy to make sure that your children know one another in this society that we live in where men and women meet. And a lot of times they don't question one another about family background or whatever. And the next thing you know, you have a brother or sister that's together. And this is real talk. It's not something that's taboo and only happens in the backwoods in the country. It's not. These things happen when we have men that have a whole bunch of children like my dad did. And these children don't know one another. So, I have talked to my son about possibly, you know, trying to get to know his brothers and sisters. But to do that, he has to, some kind of way, try to talk to his father. To know who his brothers and sisters are. So, that especially his sisters, you know. But just for, to know. So, he can say, I know who my brothers and sisters are, who are not by my mother you know i know my father's children that is important and i hope men are listening to this because it's easy to make them it's easy for those few minutes to get in there and be proud of yourself for doing whatever you did in that moment of lust and and wanting one another but when you make a child from that you can't just leave that burden on one parent you can't just leave that burden, that stress of trying to take care of that child on one parent. And you definitely can't take, of course, if you're with somebody, yeah, you help them take care of their children. But you got to remember, you got children of your own that need taken care of. And it's not up to one parent to take care of them. There's a stress that comes with that. There's a, a disorder that comes when there is no order. And and even though if you went about it the wrong way, because we, yeah, I had sex outside of marriage. I had my children before I got married the first time. But that doesn't mean my children need to be done all kinds of way. And I didn't have any problems with my youngest son father before we got married. He, he did what he was supposed to do. He paid his child support. He came and got him. His family came and got both of them. You know, it, it was just... That was done right, even with my daughter's father. Both of us were young when I had my daughter. And he never really paid child support, but he would always come get her. She spent a lot of time with him, even when he moved away from Savannah. She knew her daddy, and she was a daddy's girl. She loved her father. He died when she was 14, and I think a part of her died when he died. But I said that to say you can have a relationship and you can do right by your children and and not necessarily financially. Yeah, they need the finances. But I think a lot of women will accept you being there for your child, even if the money is not there. Yeah, we want the money. We need the money for the children. But I think most importantly, we recognize that that child needs their father or that absent parent, because like I said, these days and times we're living in, it's a lot of fathers that's raising children without the mother. So that child needs that absent parent. They need to be validated by both parents. And that custodial parent will accept you better if you say, well, I ain't got no money. I just need to spend time with my child. 
they might not like it, but they know it's for the best interest of that child for you to be in their life. So they'll deal with you. They'll let you spend time with your child. That is better than not doing nothing. You you don't try to spend no time, nor do you spend anything on the child, nor do you get a school shoe, uniform, shirt, socks, none of that. But then if that child gets older and makes something of themselves, then you want to be daddy or you want to be mama. You want to be present. And, and yeah, that's my child. Well, where were you when that single parent was struggling or that parent and that step parent was doing what was necessary to get that child to where they are now? Where were you? You know? The stress of knowing that we subjected ourselves to someone that blinded us, maybe. Or we may have blinded ourselves and didn't see what was happening, what was going on. Because we were in L-O-V-E with this person and we looked past some things that maybe we should not have. But this is something to think about if you're raising your children. Like I said, my children are grown now. And I'm, I I have a daughter that's going through the exact same thing with her, my granddaughter and her father. No contact, no trying to reach out to her, anything. And it's sad because this little girl looks, she's a lighter version of her daddy. She looks just like he spit her out. That's his daughter. But because him and my daughter do not get along, he's chosen to separate himself. And my daughter, she I, I know she doesn't really, she's happy-go-lucky and she doesn't complain about much. But it has to be a strain. And I'm saying this from a person, from a mother, a woman's point of view that has been there. That when that child asks about daddy and, and you have to come up with something. You don't want to, at her age, because she's four as well. Both of my grandchildren are four. The only two of four. What can she tell her? You know, she's too young to understand what's going on. But she's old enough to know that daddy's not there. Where, where do you go with that? Where do you tell them? Well, I, 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 my opinion at this age is you try to stray away from that conversation. Because they're not old enough to understand the complexities of what's going on. And then, depending on how you feel about it, you don't want to put your emotions in it and taint that child from their father. You know, if anything, let them form their own opinion when they're old enough and let them base it on their relationship with that absent parent. But you don't want to put your emotions in there and you sprue venom in your regular conversation. But you have so much hatred in your heart for that person to where you you, you taint what that child perception is of their parent and what they form the basis of their opinion is based on what you said and not particularly what they experienced on their own so we have to be careful with the mess of the ex we have to be careful with how we express those feelings and emotions towards our children when we're discussing that absent parent because that is their parent and we made a decision to lay with that person. We made a decision to, no matter how tainted and how in love we were we were at that moment, we made that decision. So then now we can't screw vow when things go to the left towards that child. Because that child has nothing to do with 
the feelings that you feel or the emotions or whatever went wrong. Your job is to continue to even love that child more. You can't make up for what's not being there from that parent not being there. But you can make up, give them as much love and as much support as you humanly can, possibly can. Um, I also wanted to say that just in the runt of relationships in general, when we think about our children and and we set the examples for who our children turn out to be and most of the times they're going to do what they're going to do when they get older but let's set a good example for them let's not give them a basis of negativities to already set them up for failure let's do the best and be the best that we can be and try to be as encouraging and non keep the negativity away from them as we can be because those children feed into our emotions even if we say one thing out of our mouth but our emotions are all over the place they can tell they can tell when something's wrong so before we even try to have conversations with them about that absent parent or when they're asking questions have yourself settled about how you're going to answer those questions before you enter in those conversations and make sure they're old enough to understand what it is that you're going to tell them if you're going to open up to them like that make sure they're able to receive and comprehend what you're saying and leave the negativity out of it leave your personal feelings and emotions out of it and that may be hard to do it i'm telling you from experience as much hatred as i had for this man i never put that on my son because i knew deep down that he wasn't gonna do right because of how he did me but it wasn't for me to say, well, I know he ain't coming, so he don't need to get ready. No, each time he said he was going to come, I got my son ready, and we waited. We waited for some hours. Then I would try to reach out, and then he'll go to um, not answering the phone or what have you. So the the, the basis, the, the mentality, the thoughts that was formed, the opinion that was formed about his father was not for me because I did everything I could to try to shelter him from my biases about him. But as he got older, he realized for himself that my husband was his father because that's the man who loved him and took care of him and made sure that he did not have a want or a need just as he did for his biological son. There was no separation with the two. So if you have that, if you have that man that's that that you have that blended family and that man takes care of your the child that's not his just like he does the child that is his, consider that a blessing because it is. Because every relationship is not like that. Some men are not gonna they gonna take care of theirs, but they're not gonna take care of that child that's not theirs. And you need to look at that if y'all are together. If y'all together and somebody is separating how they treat the children, then you really need to look at that because that causes stress in itself. That you're trying to, y'all in the household, and you're trying to do what y'all should be doing together for that child. That parent is not there. So I wanted to talk about that this week because of what I experienced yesterday. And then I just thought about 
all the times before when I have seen them, especially when I was younger, no matter where we would at, I would just try to jump on him and, and try to beat something out of him that, and, and I'm not, I, back then I wasn't a big woman, you know, he wasn't a big man either, I went through a short man complex or something like that, I, I don't know what I was going through during that phase, but he's not a big guy, he's not a tall guy, and usually I, I, I'm always been attracted to taller men, skinny men, taller men, but he was skinny, but he was not tall, I went through a phase, okay, but I was skinny myself back then, so I, I figured I could take him. And, and most of the times I got the upper hand on him because I, I, all that anger and rage would just come out. And it would take people to have to separate people, just strangers in the street. Wherever I was at, I'll just run up on him. And that was wrong. I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning what I did because at that time I did what I was led by my emotions. I wanted to hit him, so that's what I did. I wanted to beat something out of him so that's what i tried to do he never tried to hit me back i'll say that he never tried to hurt me in any kind of way but i'm not condoning what i did i'm just expressing what i felt during that time of being in that relationship with him and, and being seeing him out with the buying stuff for the other woman's children that weren't his and i'm here with your son and you have to lie and say you're coming to get him you couldn't even honor your word to do that so yesterday was just i was going through some things emotionally yesterday and just that just added to it to see him and to stir all that up and for him to just try to duck in his car real quick like he he looked right in my face and then he held his head down real quick and ducked in his car i was like oh god and then but it helped me to realize that that's an area that I need healing in. That's an area that after all these years, after the work that my husband did with my son, after him not really lacking a warning for anything, that my feelings towards this man is still hostile. And I'm, I know I need work. I need to do the work, but I'm also praying because I know what I can't do, God will. So I'm praying for God to heal me of not wanting to hurt this man when I see him no we're not going to be the best of friends but I don't need that emotion stirred up in me when I see him because he is I don't know what he's doing in his life I don't know if he's changed his life around or anything actually don't want to know all I need to be concerned about is how I feel towards him because I'm held accountable and I don't want to be hostile and holding you know angry and sweating and all kind of stuff because i see this man i just need to be able to move on with what i'm doing and carry on so that is my prayer for me and that is my prayer for any of you that's going through that at whole hostility towards your exes that did not do right by your child or not doing right by your children just let it be you just do the best you can or if you're married or in a relationship and you're raising that child with someone just do the best you can. If you're that person that's the spouse or the step-parent or the, the, the partner in that relationship with that mother or that father, be supportive. Be there for them. Be the best partner. Be the best spouse that you can be. And y'all raise that child so that it, they don't know that there's anything lacking. My son didn't. Yeah, I'm sure he had questions about where his father was and, and why he said he was coming to get him and didn't. But 
he grew up happy and he grew up in a home that he felt love and to this day when he comes sit and talk to me and and he'll sit and talk to my husband as well he asks questions that as a mom i probably couldn't answer but he can go to my husband and ask and and they have open and honest conversations and it's a beautiful thing to see but it was also beautiful to know during those times when he was young that even though his father was there he had love he had someone that was there for him so i'm thankful for that so i'm going to end this week i thank you all for listening and just evaluate that relationship if you fit in this category this week if you have a mess with an ex think about it think about it does it need to be messy does it need to be the way it is and it's best to address it while the children are young and not hold it to where I am now and just now trying to figure this out and trying to reckon with myself and my feelings and my emotions about this man. Do it while your children are little. Do it to where you'll be okay and that you'll be the best parent that you can be. So if you have a question, or you can send an email to a woman soul restored at gmail.com. The website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net. And of course, the Facebook page is A Woman's Soul Restored. So it has been my honor to do this episode this week. We're approaching the holidays really, really quick. So I think after next week, That will be my last episode until 2023. Not quite sure yet. Don't quote me on it. But just trying to see where to go with it. Am I going to go up until the Christmas week or am I going to end next week? So for A Woman's Soul Restored, this is LaTanya Hendry. Be blessed.